my husband's played a huge part in my healing in terms of me being able to communicate what feels safe for me and him being able to meet me in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of them was for me to say, hey, can we slow down? And I don't mean like slow down, but I mean like really slow down. And, yeah, it was I cried like I was sobbing. I was a fucking mess to have my face touched with fingertips. I was like, what? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Why is this so emotional for me? Why is my body relaxing so much into this mattress? Why do I not want to move or respond? Like, yeah, my body was just saying, receive, receive, receive. You're safe. You're here. You're now. And you deserve it because it feels good. Yeah. Into that. Yeah. Welcome to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. This episode is a conversation with Vanessa Voigt on reclaiming your wholeness after sexual trauma. I'm so grateful to Vanessa for sharing her story and her commitment to bringing trauma and shame out of the dark so that they can be healed. Particularly because this episode includes discussion of trauma, I suggest that you pay attention to what's happening in your body as you listen and take care of what it needs. If it becomes overwhelming or too intense while you're listening, you can always pause and take care of what you need. While trauma can be a heavy topic, this conversation is full of possibility and potential for healing. There's also so much permission to find what works for you, for your healing to be non-linear without a deadline, and for relief that comes from bringing things out of secrecy. Vanessa Voigt is from Pawarenga, New Zealand, and was born and raised in Otara, South Auckland. She is the creator of the Mana Wahine Affirmation Deck, which is a deck designed to support Wahine, women, who have experienced sexual trauma. These cards were birthed from her own experience. She's also the host of Coco Talk podcast with her husband, Gerhard. And if this podcast is meaningful to you, I have a request. Could you give it a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app? I talk about pussy a little too much to be able to advertise on social media, so your shares and reviews really help to spread the word and help me and my guests to make a bigger impact. Uh, Thank you, Vanessa, for joining me for this conversation today. I'm excited to get to know you more and to dive into this topic. And we're going to be talking about reclaiming your body and your pleasure after sexual trauma and experiences of shame. So I'd love to start by asking you what you'd like to share about your story and why this topic means something to you. Uh, kia ora everyone. My name is Vanessa. Um, yeah, just before I start, I'd actually like to acknowledge you for giving people like me a voice to be able to speak about something that tends to bring up so much shame. And it's a part of 
many of our stories that don't have a chance to be heard or to be witnessed or mm. to be seen. Mm. Um, mm. So if it wasn't for you, I would not be having this conversation. So thank you. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I grew up, um, I'm from New Zealand, um, and I'm from a little place called Pauringa, which is all the way up north. Um, and I grew up in a, in a place called Otara in South Auckland in New Zealand. Um, and it was considered, I guess, like a low-income area, uh, pretty rough. But when you're in it, you're just like, you know, this is my normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and being growing up Māori, I grew up in a very big family. So my, my auntie lived in the front with like eight adopted kids, like foster kids. My mum and I lived in the back. My grandmother lived next door. My uncle lived down the road. So we literally had enough cousins to play sport every single day and have like enough for a rugby team. It was <laughs> yeah. So, and I, the reason why I wanted to share that is that I did come from a big family and sometimes with big families and sort of the life that we lived, there was a lot of struggle and sometimes having to support children mm-hmm. can be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many times when I've told this story, I tended to blame my family. You know, this is what they did and this is how they showed up. And But as you grow up and you sort of sit with your own shit and be an adult about it, um, yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm speaking more of a place of understanding and just recognizing and acknowledging what it was what it was for. So there was a lack of supervision growing up in my family because there was enough cousins to sort of help each other out, you know, like it was it was very normal for a ten year old to be looking after a three year old why someone goes down and, you know, gets the shopping or, mm-hmm. you know, five year olds on bike going out to the local shops to get dinner and mm. yeah, that was just sort of our life growing up. Mm. Um And so my experience with sexual trauma was within the family. Um, So there were two cousins, um, sorry, three cousins. Um, And then there was like another incident with just like a a man on the bus. Mm. Um, But all three experiences were so different. Sorry, all four experiences were so different that it actually confused the fuck out of me Mm. because of the definition of sexual trauma. Mm. Um, So, you know, for example, the gentleman on the bus, all he did was put his hand on my leg and then my Mm. body froze. Mm. So I was like, cool, that's sexual trauma. You know, there was no permission. There were boundaries. Like he shouldn't have done it. But then I was also like penetrated by someone as well. And so Mm. I was like, but that's sexual trauma too. Um, And then I was also just like, you know, felt up by another cousin, you know, during the night at like a party or something. And so it was so confusing for me to find the language to be Mm -hmm. able to articulate so that it made sense to the world (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that I would be essentially believed Mm -hmm. because um, there's a lot of sexual trauma shame within my family Mm -hmm. and there's so many secrets because Mm -hmm. it's so shameful to speak about. Um. Yeah, and I think one of the – when I told my mum about it, so I think I was oh, 12 or 13 at the time, um, I reached out to a best, my best friend and I was like, hey, this thing's happened with my cousin. I don't know what to do about it. She told her mum and she was 
like obviously distraught as a friend, the next thing you do is you go and tell an adult. In my mm -hmm. family, that's not something that you do. So for me, I was like, you've just broken this trust that I had, mm -hmm. even though it was the best thing that, you know, could have happened at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so from that moment, everything blew up. And by blow up, I just mean every little secret within our family and the things that we were hiding started to come out and then so as a little child I'm just like fuck I'm responsible for mm. this like mm. I can't believe my family's falling apart there's police involved like there was fighting there was violence there was yeah there was a lot that happened but you, you have no idea what's going on so mm. the first thing you say is it's my fault mm. and then we start to believe that narrative and then mm. that narrative plays a part within you know, your body, but because I had no connection to my physical body, um, I was always in fight or flight, mm -hmm. but I had no idea what was happening physically. Mm -hmm. um, but as I look back and the more that I understand, it was so hard for me to speak. Like I'd actually mm -hmm. completely lost my voice mm -hmm. um, with everything. I actually, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to articulate feelings. I didn't know. I thought I was going crazy. Hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You think you're going a little bit nuts because your body's sending one message and then the brain is believing another message mm -hmm. and then you have the influence of your environment. So um, having to watch my mum be triggered because it was a family member, you know, within the family. Mm -hmm. um, and then as a daughter, you know, she's a single mother. I was like, mm -hmm. fuck, I've just gone and fucked up my mum now and I knew I shouldn't have said anything and... And at the time, you just don't see any light or you don't see a mm -hmm. way out or because you can't see where it's going. It's mm -hmm. so scary. It's so scary. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, by me opening up and opening my voice, it brought up my whole family's trauma to the surface. Mm -hmm. And because we didn't know how to have a supportive environment, no one knew how to talk about their feelings. What the mm -hmm. fuck? No way. <laughs> We were just trying to get food on the table and kids yeah. to school and like literally trying to survive. So there's no time to sit and talk about our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and my beautiful mother, the best thing she thought was to put me into counselling. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't, you know, it's just like the cookie cutter counsellor session. You know, how are you going? What happened? There was no real discussion of what was happening in my physical body. But I had to retell the story over and over and over, and that was considered, like, progressing, mm. Um, mm. which it did. Like, it played as part. But, yeah, there was a complete disconnection to how my body was showing up, you know. Yeah. Like, I didn't get to voice that I was constipated. I didn't yeah. get to voice um, that I was getting chest pain. I didn't get to voice mm. that when I would go to speak, I will get really lightheaded and want to pass out mm. Um, mm. because your body is going to like this fight or flight and it's trying to yeah. push through, but it's like, ah, do I keep going? Do I stop? Like yeah. Yeah. your body doesn't know what's safe anymore. You know, yeah. it's just freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, as I, I met my husband when I was 18, um, just come out of sort of a long-term relationship. Like I was young, man. I think I was like 13 with my first boyfriend, like <laughs> so young. 
Um, but we ended up having, like I was pregnant at 15 and knowing what I know now, that pregnancy um, brought up my sexual trauma, but I had mm-hmm. no idea that was happening. Um, we did have an abortion. And so having to deal with that, like sexual trauma, imprint of a child to now releasing that child and then being 15, 16 at the time, not having language, no connection to myself, Mm. it pretty much took me on a spiral downwards, which I don't think is a bad thing, but with no support, Mm. um, it was really dangerous. You know, it was really, it was a very, it was a very dangerous time for me. Mm. Um, in terms of my safety and the shit, like the positions that I would put myself in just to get that adrenaline feeling, Mm -hmm. just to feel that feeling of, okay, I'm surviving, like Mm -hmm. fuck, now I'm alive. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I met my husband and then we, man, I seem to be good at just like meeting people and then just, you know, getting pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) But we were together for eight weeks. Um, and then we, I fell pregnant and we've been together for, you know, 14 years now. We've got three children, but that first pregnancy is what really started to bring my trauma up, but with someone who was able to sit with me Mm. and witness me in that. Mm. And that scared me. Mm. So what I wanted and then what I got. I didn't realize how hard that would actually be to sit with someone who was loving and supportive and open yeah. and patient and kind. I was like, mm. what species are you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Because I had so much mistrust, you yeah. know, yeah. because of, um, yeah. And your body had learned that um, it wasn't safe to trust everyone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been interesting. Yeah, before we jumped on the call, you know, we were talking about how trauma shows up in so many different layers. Mm. And um, if for some reason in the beginning of the year, I started to, I was like, cool, I really want to work on this touch thing because I, I just defined myself as someone who I'm just not a person who likes touch. And so I believed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's just who I am and mm-hmm. people need to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, d- once I started to really connect with my body and the only, the way I started to connect with my body was through yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, just this sort of like breath movement thing. I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm moving with my breath. I'm moving with my body. Some weird shit's coming up. I don't quite understand, but I can feel. And it was the first time I'd actually felt muscles. Mm-hmm. moving and twitching where I've been, I've always been completely unaware. And so I tend to push myself so mm-hmm. far because my body is so numb mm-hmm. um, that I finally understood what it meant to be sore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is what it means to have a body that's working and I'm feeling into it. Mm-hmm. And my brain was responding with, but you need a rest, like come the fuck down. And I feel like I'm sort of going all over the place, but um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on my birth with my second son. So, you know, mm-hmm. when we are like, cause I did some doula work for a couple of years. And one thing I know is that when a child decides to choose us and, and, and make its way out earth side, 
it brings up either our mother's story, our sexual mm-hmm. trauma, holy mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. And with my second baby, um, I had a home birth and that was so healing for me because mm-hmm. it gave me the opportunity to have complete body autonomy. Mm. I was able to move my body in a way that felt good. And I was like, mm. what? What? This is possible? <laughs> and just all these things that you would think that we should know or it's like a normal thing. It was, it was a shock to my system. <laughs> mm. Like to the point that I was, it wasn't that I was anxious, but my body was completely overwhelmed with the connection to myself. Mm. And I'd always ask, I just want to be connected to myself. And then when the moment comes, you still have to choose if Mm. you want to be present (laughs) with that connection or do you choose to run? And for me, that has been my work is I can Mm. find presence and I can connect with myself. But how long I choose to stay there, Mm. that's the fucking hard part. You're like, cool, what story am I going to listen to? Or am I just going to choose to really lean in to what feels good in my body? Yeah. And learning um, that that presence is safe. Yeah. Because it wasn't always safe before. Mm-mm. Because, yeah, like I had to understand that safety for me meant I had to be able to see what was happening, even if it was violence, even if it was trauma. Then I was like, cool, now I can have a plan how to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. But to not know what was coming, mm-hmm. that was never good. And mm-hmm. so the sense of control started mm-hmm. to come over me. Mm-hmm. I started to like manipulate so many situations, manipulate people's feelings. So even though it was a beautiful experience I'm having with someone, I was like, you're fucking lying. You're mm-hmm. lying. And so now mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it and I'm going to create this drama because it's going to make me feel safe. Mm. Um, and that has been like a big piece between, you know, me and my husband, mm. the amount of drama or shit or trauma, whatever label you want to use that I've created just to keep myself safe. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think just, just sharing a little story, like when my son came out, he's crowning and I said to my midwife, like, is he here? Is he here? And she's like, just reach down and touch his head. Mm. And for someone to say that, it was the first time I'd been, I guess I felt permission. It was safe for me to touch my own body, mm. for me to put my hands down between my legs. Mm. And it's like, oh, it's okay. Like I'm not doing anything bad. And yeah. my body responded in the most. I went to the mm. stars, man, like. Yeah, it wasn't even about the baby. I was like, cool, there's a baby between my legs. But fuck, yeah, I'm touching myself with permission, with a smile on my face. Like, It's bringing yeah, it tears. Was, yeah, it was stunning. It was fucking stunning. And even for the midwife to understand that she trusted me, mm. to say, you've got this. You are fine. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mm. You're just birthing your baby. It's okay to touch your body. Mm-hmm. Not, you're not this you don't need to bring any shame towards yourself like placing your fingers and and I even remember it took me a while <laughs> because I had my hands on my legs and I thought if I touch my pussy and there's a child coming out what what does that mean mm-hmm. you know for me that meant sexual trauma mm-hmm. so even I'm sure it was only like a 10 second moment mm-hmm. but 
you know, in birth, everything feels like, you know, five hours feels like within two minutes sometimes. Mm. Um, and so that was my first piece where I experienced within my body permission to touch and it felt good and it felt empowering. Mm. And to be witnessed by my husband and to be witnessed by my mum and my best friend and my eldest child at the time, mm. that I didn't have to hide that part of myself, that mm. it was okay to be seen mm. in that way. Um, mm. Yeah, because I'd always had a narrative that I was this this really like sexual being, which I am, but I thought that it was a bad thing because I thought I'm turning other people on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to turn people on by moving my body this way, even though it felt good for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a slut, I'm a hoe, like, yeah, yeah. you know, growing up Christian as well. Yeah. Like Catholic, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother fucking layer. Yeah. Um, I grew up Catholic too because that, that's it. It's all yeah. another layer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's like five other podcasts. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's all these, there was never like one thing that happened. It was just these small little moments that I needed to, or lessons that I needed to experience just to say, hey, I know you're struggling, but I'm going to give you this just to feel like it's okay. Mm. And then it doesn't mean that everything's going to be better, but at least you get to feel moment by moment, even if the moments were one year apart. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the moments are two minutes apart. Sometimes they're two hours apart. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, again, even that conversation around time, (laughs) Mm. what is time and and these boxes that we have to tick to mean that we're healed or we're better or we're embodied or we're, oh, bro conversation yeah Yeah, I struggle with that yeah yeah oh wow it's such a powerful story and I appreciate your honesty and how many facets of that experience that you shared and my mind is just going in 10 different directions right now even mine I'm like where the (laughs) fuck did I just go (laughs) but I I think that's a good thing like I don't think anything is linear and um no yeah just like trusting that we're you know whatever needs to come out but even as I share this I've never shared in this way before so yeah it's new for me to express in this way yeah I'd also say for anyone listening maybe to just check in with what's happening in your own body right now and, and tend to it if it needs tending to. And I would imagine that for people listening, there would be different parts of your story that landed for them in different ways, depending on where they're at and what they need to hear. Um, there was something that jumped out at me when you were sharing towards the beginning um, when the man on the bus touched you and you froze. I think sometimes people have shame because they feel like, well, I didn't do anything. Why didn't I run away or fight back or um, say no or something like that? And just to really normalize that, that that freezing is something that your nervous system, your body does automatically that's outside of your like deliberate control. Mm. And that there's nothing, um, there's like nothing bad that you did if you froze. That that's, 
a normal response to threat. It's actually like a, a more intense level of activation than fight or flight even. If you feel like you can't fight or you can't run, sometimes that's when the freeze comes. And I just wanted to emphasize that there's, hmm, that that's not um, shameful or wrong in any way, that that's natural, a natural mm. response to that threat. And mm. I even think um, this is what I love is you can look at, you can believe a story that you've told yourself for so long and mm. that's the truth. Mm. And then you learn something and then it's just constantly changing. Like I find it quite a beautiful process just to be digging through each layer and just seeing more of myself rather than the man on the bus or my cousin or whatever it is. And I think I remember walking, like I remember this clearest day, like I walked on the bus, I saw that there was one seat left. I looked at him, my gut was Mm. going, don't sit there. Mm. Do not sit there. Mm-mm. But because I didn't want to be the girl on the bus standing and there's a seat and like you're yeah, a, a yeah, young yeah. girl and there's cute boys on the bus, all that sort of shit. Yeah. So I was like, just bite your tongue and just sit down. And it happened not long after. Mm. And it's not that I am to blame or anything no. like that, but I think it's really good that I acknowledge that my intuition was screaming. Yeah. But when you experience sexual trauma, there's no connection to your body whatsoever that it's so hard to define what is noise in your head and what is the truth and what is your intuition and who yeah. is guiding you. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can understand yeah. why women are just like, what? <laughs> what the, what's truth? What the fuck is what? Like I, un, like I fully feel the, the yeah. back and forth of who to trust, what voice to trust. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it is when you have that, hindsight and you look back that you can start to piece together that that voice really was my gut or my intuition in and that was my body really knew in that moment and when I look back at that moment when I was with somebody and I thought that they were um trying to criticize me but actually they weren't that was my own um wounding playing up or something like that Mm -hmm. it it, yeah it it takes that kind of reflection and practice kind of feeling what's happening in your body at the time as well I think to learn to discern between those voices but that's yeah it's a really it's that it actually is takes time and takes practice to be able to discern which voice is which doesn't it yeah yeah it's funny we think we know and it's like yeah cool story you think you know but it's not until you're in a situation where you actually have to practice and be a human being and choose yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like who's going to show up today like yeah. come on use your voice like you can do it <laughs> yeah um, but that's been a big piece for me I think is um I guess where I'm at now is really learning to use my voice um mm. And it's, I talk a lot, like I actually don't, yeah, I'm very open. I talk a lot, like this just kind of part of me. But what I notice is when it comes to like really difficult conversations where I'm afraid of what the other person's going to feel or I feel like I'll be attacked, that's when the lump in my throat starts to go off and that's when the heat starts to take over my body and like 
tingles and if I hold on too long then I get a really sore stomach and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even though it's difficult I'm so grateful that I'm like cool I'm constipated something's coming Vanessa like Mm -hmm. there's signs that I'm only just learning to take notice of and everyone will be on a different you know level path of their journey or level of awareness or whatever um that mine is now with finding my voice and speaking speaking boundaries oh my god that is so hard (laughs) what the hell it can be so uncomfortable sometimes Ah. oh yeah so awkward yeah but I think a lot of that comes, yeah, I think most of it has probably stemmed from sexual trauma where you, you know, you lose your voice, the ability mm. to express like, hey, no, or to tell someone or, um, yeah, so it's just funny how it just keeps showing up and showing up and it doesn't get easier. It just looks and feels different. Yeah. yeah. And it feels different in my body. And that's what I'm enjoying is the feeling that I get in my body after I have expressed the boundary. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I feel like I could take a nap, actually. It's that exhausting. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but, but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay to have one conversation that's really difficult and then just play happy life for a bit so I can rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just to know that's not going anywhere. Like, it's always going to be there and it's going to show up in many different ways. But I guess I am now where I get to choose how I want to interact with it and how deep I want to go down and and, and also knowing when I need to pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do and, you, how do you know when you're kind of going over the edge of intensity? Um, for me, it's all up in my head and I actually feel my body go numb to mm-hmm. the point that so I have a, a point on my stomach, actually, and I found this out with my second son that he would start, you know, kids, like they touch you and all that sort of thing. It made me really uncomfortable mm. because I had this weird narrative that if I touched my child or he touched me, that it was sexual trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he would touch my stomach and I have no feeling whatsoever in my belly. Mm. Um, it's just completely numb. Now that I've worked through stuff, I'm getting feeling in places that I've never felt before. Um, So for me, it's hand on my stomach that I have Mm -hmm. to actually physically touch an area. And if I feel nothing, then I'm like, oh, you're actually not here, Vanessa. Because, yeah, I'm still working on my mind. It's a lot of noise. Like, I'm a very busy person in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it does take me a really long time to settle back into my body that it's almost once I've reached that point, I'm like, it's just a little bit too hard for me now to kind of come back into embodiment. And then, so I just, I don't neglect myself and I'm like, cool, I'll just come back to you later. Yeah. Yeah. That's but enough also, for now. Yeah. yeah. But I also voice that too. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a conversation with my husband, I'm like, cool, I'm actually not here. Um, mm. I'm just going to go away for a bit mm-hmm. and just do my thing. And then we'll just, we'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm fully present because, mm-hmm. yeah, communication just works so much better when yeah. we're both in a place of feeling. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, the, the, the way that you are, have cultivated this awareness and relationship with your body, I'm just kind of in awe of it right now. I hear you turning towards what your body is saying, like you mentioned, um, if I notice I get constipated, I'm like, okay, cool. 
that's telling me something rather than being like, Oh, why am I constipated again? Mm. I've got to like, I don't know, go drink a liter of chia seed pudding or (laughs) 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 Uh, I get constipated too. I know about the chia seeds. (laughs) (laughs) They work, man. They work. (laughs) They do work. But just that, that like, it, it feels like a saying, yes, body. Yes. This is what you're Mm. doing. Like, being kind of on board with what your body, how your body is responding and what it's saying rather than trying to fight it. And I'm sure Mm. nobody's perfect at that, but I hear that in you. And it's, um, that to me is like one of the most potent, um, like if, if someone's on a healing journey, if they could just focus on that, on saying yes Mm. to what their body is experiencing, yes to what their Mm. body is showing them. That in itself is so powerful. Mm. Um, And I also hear this, um, like you've learned what your body is is saying, what that means for you. And I imagine that... um, trauma or the impacts of shame might show up in different people's bodies in different ways. But I love that you've learned the language of your own body. And with this Mm. kind of, I love also that you have that test point. That's like, it's my stomach. I can't feel that spot. Um, It's like a superpower I have. It's pretty cool. (laughs) That is cool. That is cool. Um, For me, I notice often what I pay attention to is like what's more in the region of like between my jaw and my kind of the middle of my chest. Pay attention to when there's like clenching in my chest or when my shoulders are starting to curl up and in or when my throat is clenching or my jaw's really tight. Like that's where um, a lot of the times my body is telling me uh, something doesn't feel right. Um, I just wanted to share one thing, like another sort of like connection to myself is that because I thought, you know, after sexual trauma, whatever, any sort of intimacy experience, Mm -hmm. even though I was turned on, it was like a shame to feel turned on, you know, to really lean into that was really uncomfortable and even like even still, you know, like the last few days, um, I've noticed that my mind is saying no, but I'm getting like pulses in my pussy. So it's mm. alive. And mm. she's like, Oi, don't, don't do this. <laughs> you know, so and I'm it hasn't always been like that. You know, it's been ten years of like what the fuck and like fight or flight. But yeah, it's really cool that I'm able to be like Ah, uh, actually, I feel really good. So it's just my mind that needs to like really slow down and to quieten down. Yeah, um, yeah. And one thing that's helped, like my husband and I, is just doing breath work before we even touch. Um, we usually do mm. breath work before, but it's not going to always be like that. But we just find it helps in this moment, in this time, mm. to help us connect so much deeper without the noise and sort of the clunkiness that can come with. I'm in my body, I'm in my head, I'm in my body, I'm in my yeah. head. Yes, yeah. no, yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah it just kind yeah. of settles some of 
the yeah. noise and like even the yeah I guess like when anxiety or uncertainty shows up in the body like for me my shoulders start to curl forward my knee yeah. starts to go towards you kind of yeah. go into yeah. this like fetal position yeah yeah so I have to open mm-hmm. <laughs> like open my shoulders and my heart and my legs yeah like it takes time for me sometimes you know yeah yeah I think it takes for for people who have um or who who have a a vulva and a vagina the the wiring of our bodies generally speaking we need more time in general anyway yeah. to to end um i think that that's a big our culture kind of thinks of like man and man's sexual response is default. Mm. And so we think that there's something wrong with us if we're not getting turned on or uh, excited in the same way that a man would. But like, I think both for pretty much for everyone living in a Western culture, that's all sped up and, and efficiency and output and productivity slowing down helps all of us but slowing down is especially uh powerful and i just feel my whole body kind of relax and start to like naturally soften open slowing down is powerful for like the the I'm I'm trying not to use the word woman or man because I know that like gender is not so binary. But the for those of us who have bodies with vulvas and and vaginas, that slowness can really help. And for people who've experienced trauma, slowness can really help. And that I wish that like slowness medicine for everybody because it just. I think there is a real disconnect between the way that we're meant to live and the ways that we do live in terms of our relationships with our bodies, our relationship with our environment. Um, I I think we were meant to move a bit slower than we often Mm. do. Mm. And that was like my husband's played a huge part in my healing in terms of me being able to communicate what feels safe for me and him being able to meet me in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was for me to say, hey, can we slow down? Yeah. And I don't mean like slow down, but I mean like really slow down. And, yeah, it was – I cried like I was yeah. sobbing. I was a fucking mess to have my face touched with fingertips. I was like, what? What the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> Why is this so emotional for me? Why mm. is my body relaxing so much into this mattress? Why do I not want to move or respond? Like, yeah, my body was just saying, receive, receive, receive. You're safe. You're here. You're now. Mm. And you deserve it because mm. it feels good. Yeah. into that. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I do think that... Um relationships you know sometimes people say you have to learn how to love yourself before you can be in a loving relationship with another person and i think there's it's a little bit more nuanced than that like i don't think you have to be 
like if you think if if you take that to mean like I have to do all this work on myself, I have to love myself perfectly, and it looks like this, this, and this, and I have to mm. finish my healing before I can have a partner. Mm. That's not how that works. And mm. relationships, when um, both people are on board with using the relationship as a place of healing and growth relationships Mm. can be so healing. Like I've Mm. um, also with my partner, like sometimes when we're having sex, one of us, he he caught me the other day. He saw the look in my eyes and he was like, where are you? And I was like, Oh, you're right. Hang on. We will. So, or, or, you know, it happens to both of us that we kind of go somewhere else and then, but we have that communication that it's okay if we just Mm. pause or like, I'll say, um, I'm actually starting to feel really anxious right now about like how long it might take me to have an orgasm. And I can say mm. that to him and he, and it's taken time to get to mm. this point. Mm. Um, but he can go, okay, and we have time and just slow down. And, mm. and then I feel like when it's safe to, it's like, okay, I can feel anxiety here or it's okay to be, you know, for my mind to go and come back sometimes or like mm. once all of that is okay, it kind of shifts on its own. And I also mm. heard you describing, it's like, even if you don't logically understand what your body is doing, you don't mm. have to because your body knows <laughs> when when it's, releasing or softening like your body knows what to do Mm. yeah that's so beautiful and we are we've sort of we've come to a point as well where i'm able to say hey can we just like pause for a sec because Mm. i felt like such a um i failed in a shitty route like look i'm just (laughs) like you know like i've just fucked his dick game up now now we're gonna start all over again and God, the kids are going to be like just the yeah. stories that yeah, tend yeah, to yeah. take over. Yeah. Um, but to give it voice yeah. and then once it's out, I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, cool. Like even yeah. though that was hard, at least it's out now. I'm not holding it in. I'm with someone who's able to hear me. And then we just move on to the next thing. And it might not even be like sex or orgasm. Like yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just touch and massage. And yeah kissing or cuddling or whatever it might be. Yeah. 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 It's so, yeah, so beautiful to be able to heal. Like I think we do have responsibility for our own healing, but being able to heal in our relationship with other people is so powerful. I am... I did, I haven't experienced anything that I would call sexual assault, but for me growing up in the Catholic church, I took on a lot of shame around um, basically any form of sex, like masturbation or having sex outside of marriage or um, even like thinking sexy thoughts about another boy at school, all of that. And like forget touching my own body aside of like putting a tampon in. And so the, the unwinding for me has been all of the, the shame 
around that and feeling like it it's safe to have pleasure and to enjoy my own body and it doesn't have to be in within a particular structure that the church thinks is okay where you're married yeah. to one man and it's just one man and one woman for yeah. life um it's and it's a gradual process and we we've also been talking about some of the different ways that um trauma or and i would i would define trauma as anything that happens like too fast too soon that that's overwhelming and that, that overwhelms your sense of safety and being able to protect yourself mm. and it it can look like sexual assault but it can also look like um emotional abuse or uh even i think there's kind of a low grade level of trauma just by growing up in a culture that has all those, you know, shitty women's magazines where the idea is that you need to look a certain way and perform a certain way. <laughs> um, uh, now I totally forget where I was going with that. Welcome to my professional podcast. <laughs> Man, I don't, if you've heard our podcast, it's pretty shocking. I think we're the most unprofessional couple <laughs> this is incredible you're doing well <laughs> i think people i think people appreciate that though like i think we're we're craving just realness um, yeah i don't know where I was. oh i remember now um we were talking about different ways that trauma can kind of manifest itself in the body or different different things you mentioned yeah constipation and mm -hmm. um when you went to use your voice kind of um i think you said getting kind of lightheaded yep. and a few other things i had an experience where when i first became sexually active i got four utis in the space of six months wow and i didn't know about after hours gps so a couple of those times i would it would come on at night and I'd have to go to the emergency room. One time I was, all I needed was antibiotics and I was in the emergency room until like 2 a.m. because they were just busy with other patients. Um, but I mean, there, I think that when it comes to things showing up in, in the body, sometimes there is a physical component, but also I think there's a really strong mind-body component that um is worth acknowledging i think that in in my body in my experience that some of that experience of those utis was related to becoming sexually active outside of marriage uh, and and my body going like oh oh this is not safe i don't think this yeah. is good mm. even though my mind was like yeah i totally think it's fine and i totally you know, it's my choice and this is what I want. My body was like, let me remind you about all that stuff we mm. learned when you were a kid. <laughs> That's so, yeah, you're on the money because I've been, like I've been seeing signs of that coming through for me. Mm. Um, yeah, like freaking, not urine infections, but like, uh, what's it called, thrush? Yes, that happened to me too. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had, don't have a dirty pussy, so what's going on? 
Yeah, yeah. That, that I think, yeah, thrush or yeast infections, the same thing happened to me within the past few years. There was a period where I was really focusing on healing my sexuality. Yeah. And um, every time I would have sex with a partner and it, it kind of felt like a new level of expressing my kind of wildness and liberation, I would get a yeast infection afterwards. Mm. And I started to put them together and I was like, oh, my body's going like, cool. slow down. What are you doing? <laughs> so it is. So it's imagine, I don't know, I just imagine if I had that information when I was like 12 mm. or 10, you know, like, and I think that's why I'm so trying to be and working through being so open about this. Yeah, yeah. To normalize this conversation, to normalize feeling into our bodies and understanding for ourselves, like what is going on, that sometimes we don't need to seek outside of ourselves. At mm. times, you know, sometimes we do need external help. Mm-mm. And sometimes we just really need to sit, uh, which is gross and uncomfortable. And, ugh, but <laughs> like it, it pays off. It pays off to really sit with ourselves, like our own thoughts and our own body and without being influenced by anything else. You mentioned um, before we recorded that you wanted to share about something a couple of weeks ago. Mm, So I had, I struggled to find my voice Mm -hmm. and I live in a small home um, with like my husband, three boys and myself and my mom. And all I wanted was to have time for myself, but because I couldn't ask for it, it just festered and mm. everything just felt like I just became really tunnel vision. Um, and then I felt myself wanting to just leave, you know, I was like, I just need to depart from this whole fucking <laughs> existence. And I just picked up my bag and I walked out the door, um, told my husband, like, I just need some time out. But as I was driving towards the beach, um, you know, I got to a really dark place in my mind, but I wasn't mm. unsafe, if that mm. makes sense. Um, you know, I wanted to die. I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. But it wasn't about my physical being dying. There was a part of me inside. It was like a decaying body almost. Mm. It was a death within me, mm. but I had to purge that out. Like it had to be, it had to be given light to give that, I guess, that part of me permission to be like, cool, I see you. It's time for you to let her go. Um, made my way to the beach, cried, did everything. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no shoes on. Like I looked like a homeless woman. My hair was all over the place. Like, And then I text my husband and we've been together 14 years. And I said, I'm not coming home tonight. I think I actually need to be on my own. Um, and for me to even voice that, because mm-hmm. I knew that I was, I was ready to sit with myself after mm-hmm. so many years. Um, and then I just booked myself a hotel room, got into the room, and I had no idea what to do with myself. I was walking around in circles. I was like, do I close the door when I shit or do I leave it open? Like, <laughs> what's an appropriate time to have a shower when you're on your own? Like, just these, the first time really being with myself. And then moving from a place of intuition rather than these are the things that I need to do in order mm. to achieve a feeling that I, that I want. Mm. Um, and that was really uncomfortable because the perfection in me was like, you need to do some embodiment dance and then you need to journal and then you need to sing <laughs> a fucking song. And, um, 
And instead of instead of me crying in the room that I thought I would, like I thought I'd just punch some pillows and let it out, I ended up self-pleasuring for like two hours and I was so loud. Like it's it epic. Was time, <laughs> man, I was like, what is this? Like I can scream, <laughs> I can sing, I can grunt. And no kid's going to walk in. My husband's not going to walk in where I possibly then have to like share this experience and be <laughs> turned on by a human walking in. Um, that to sit with myself also meant hearing myself mm. without shame. Um, and like I've always been afraid to sleep in the dark or be alone at night because, you know, as a little girl, bad things happen in the night and in mm. the dark. Mm. Um so to be able to turn the lights off, and I know this sounds like I'm 32, bro, but, it, yeah, just at 32 years, to turn the light off and to sleep in the dark was so healing, mm. to know that no one was going to come in the door, that I'm safe, and to keep mm. reminding myself of that. Mm. Um, and it was also an opportunity for me to feel the chaos in my body of the dark thoughts the sweating, the manic, the looking left and right, not knowing where I'm going and trusting <laughs> that if I keep staying present in the chaos, eventually it brought me to a state of peace because I was like, well, it's only you. Mm-hmm. It's just me and you, buddy. And you're the only one who gets to choose what thoughts you bring in. So I just had to choose, you know, it took took fucking six hours to choose but I got there in the end (laughs) but having to trust myself um that I think so many times you know trauma there's a there's a real running for me I had to I needed someone to validate me I needed to hear that like I needed someone to soothe me like I was a five-year-old like to be Mm -hmm. held Mm -hmm. by my mother and I was like I need to mother myself in this moment. Mm. I need to find my own power within and I have to learn to sit with discomfort without feeling like someone needs to come save me or or I need a new piece of information or I need to hear a new quote or just whatever it is. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to share that. That was gross but beautiful. But to be screaming oh. in the hotel room on your own, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> so that good, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I also watched myself too, like and you know, like sitting in front of the mirror. Yeah. Um, and to see how my body also responded to that, it was really yeah. uncomfortable. Like I got yeah. really sweaty. <laughs> um, I thought I was turned on, but I was like, no, I think this is just really uncomfortable. But it's yeah. okay, you know. Like I was okay to be uncomfortable. It didn't have to be pure bliss. Mm. it's a bit bit clunky sometimes yeah oh that's epic and it strikes me that like the story it it is epic but it's also like everyone has a body that can do that everyone has a body that there's something kind of everyday about it too like Mm. everyone everyone's body knows like when, when you, it takes time to learn the voice of your body and, and what it's saying and to kind of speak its language, but yeah. it knows. And I, I so relate to that. Every time I have some free time, I'm like, okay, I should do this practice and this practice and yeah. this journaling and watch this call. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then it starts, it just like gets tense. I'm like, I got to schedule this. And then I'm like, mm, what am I doing? 
And I do believe in the power of those kinds of practices, but uh, sometimes really what you need is just to make space and let your body lead. Um, and and uh, it's amazing that self-pleasuring for two hours, making all the noise, the noise, the making noise during self-pleasuring or sex is so healing and so powerful. Yeah. It's like yeah. one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. I'm so like, it's, it's quite, I think that's a part of like, you know, living in a small home. I don't know. If yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Children. Yeah. Being yeah. able to fully express your voice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, put something over my, I just really need to get this shit out. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is not helping me at all being silent. Like this is yeah. good and all like, this is fun, but fuck, I just want to yell. Yeah. I'm definitely a fan of screaming or moaning or whatever into pillows mm. when, um, yeah. Yeah. There's something I, I find that sound really helps to move things. And it also feels like, mm making sound is a way of almost just with devotion, kind of honoring mm. what my body is serving up to me. It's like saying mm. yes to it with my voice. Ah, mm. 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 <sighs> Yeah. Hopefully listening to that inspires people to make some time and space for themselves. I notice that when I have that that time and space too, I notice the kind of like reflexive reaching for my phone or <laughs> reaching for a friend or reaching for my partner or reaching for food. And all of those things are things that like have a place in my life. But when I notice the like compulsive reaching and grabbing for them, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. What have I been ignoring <laughs> mm. i think it's such a you know there's a whole narrative like we're we're busy people now and we don't have community around us and we don't have a village mm -hmm. raise and all this sort of thing but also the reality is like maybe we need to be carving out the time as hard as that is to find our voice to say mm -hmm. i need this yeah um I think that's where like our responsibility comes in is no matter what's going on in the outside world. That's what mm. sucks. Ultimate responsibility. Like, mm. yeah. And that can be hard for so many different communities to be able to do that. But I think even just having this conversation, I hope it sparks a permission piece in, in someone to be like, ah, oh, okay. Like it's okay. It's okay yeah. to be by myself. Yeah. It's okay to ask for this time on my own. The world yeah. doesn't actually need me right now. Like, yeah. 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 There's enough of us figuring the shit out. I just need to hide for a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to tell us about your card deck and pull a card? Yay. Um, so I created a um, affirmation deck. It's called Manawahine. Uh and mana wahine just means a woman of strength um, in my language. And um, I have the chin tattoo, so a mokokowai. And usually when women have mokokowai, they also say it's mana wahine. So it, it, 
the reason why, look, it was just one of those things, you know, like an idea sparks. Mm -hmm. And then because I am the person that I am, I just went like balls fucking deep in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what it did is by creating these cards, it helped me start from my journey from the beginning. And then I was able to see myself as fucking well done, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. Like that little girl who was 12 and wanted to die and didn't know how to speak, she's looking at you and she's like, you're the fucking bomb. Well done. Oh, that <laughs> like gives you- me like chills in my right yeah. leg. Oh. And that was, that was hard for me to, to, it was hard for me to appreciate myself and the journey that I've been on and the progress I guess I've made in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I created it. I think sometimes affirmations, I can get a little bit like light and airy where we're like, yeah, just you are amazing and I am a queen. But if you're not believing it, then I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just an opportunity to then, okay, why don't I feel this way? Mm. Um, And I think that's what I tried to create with the cards was it's not that you have to believe them. It's just an opportunity to look at yourself and you get to choose what you do because it's not it's not just all fucking rainbows coming out of our buttholes like <laughs> there's diarrhea and vomit sometimes and it's, it's yeah. uncomfortable yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah and there's i think like nine action cards um and then 20 something other affirmation cards and they all have like beautiful maori wahine with moko kowai on them yeah um and they're in english and a maori so yeah as a maori woman um very proud because they do not exist anywhere in the world, which is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're absolutely gorgeous. I've given mm. a set as a gift and I think I need to order one for myself now. They're just, <laughs> oh, I, what I love is the way that the words that you've chosen, they just cut straight to the heart of it. Mm. It's not, it's not like, fluffy it's it's not it's just really like the core essential powerful um messages of what to focus on and i think it's it would be awesome to use them as a tool to like connect with what happens in my body when i Mm. hold this message as well Mm. um these cards are hilarious there is no timeline to when I have to heal. And I think that's what this whole podcast and like conversation has been about. Like it never stops. It just (laughs) shows up in so many different layers and it's how we choose to show up in those moments that, um, yeah, to just like really, even if it's at the time, it doesn't feel like your best. Yeah. That's all you could give in that moment. And that's that you can't undo it. You can't redo it. It's, it's done. And you just have to like love that part and just keep, keep moving forward. <laughs> Cause it really doesn't, it never ends. Can you read, can you read it one more time? Mm. There is no timeline to when I have to heal. Mm. I'll read it a Māori as well. If that's okay. Yes, please. Ka hore wā e ora ai i it feels very freeing to re- to release that like pressure on myself to I th- 
yeah, to fix everything and get it done. And <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Um, would you like to share a little bit more about what your offerings are, where people can buy the cards, where they can find you? And then I have one more question for you after that. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm just on Instagram at N-E-S-S, oh, Ness Voigt. Um, yeah, I actually stopped working with women. So I was doing like all the one-on-one stuff and doula and woman's circle. And my moment of silence last week actually mm. brought me to, I need to stop serving in that way and really just serve myself. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm really just focusing on, being a mum who bakes bread in the morning. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying to find joy in simplicity because my life has just been, it's been a roller coaster. And yeah. I think I finally understand that I get to choose this pace um, mm. and to learn to love and enjoy the pace that I get to choose. But mm. yeah, that's about it. Oh, we have a podcast, Coco Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything's just pretty much on Instagram. You can buy the cards online. Um, yeah, that's it really. It's kind of nice saying that. that not yeah. that's all I do, but yeah, the to cards create, are enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, I, it's like an, another form of claiming that space for yourself. I think it's very wise to listen to what feels right right now. Mm-mm. And that's what I had to understand. Like, it's just a season. It doesn't define mm. me. Like, it's okay to slow down. It's <sighs> like I'm a, yeah. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, I homeschool. I have a two-year-old. Like, it's, we live a pretty, like, all over the place. Not all over the place, but unconventional, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm just getting away from the word normal. Mm-hmm. Just accepting that this is my life and just to fucking get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stop adding so much noise. <laughs> Your life's pretty simple, Vanessa. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that clarity and that that permission that you've given yourself to just do what works for you. I yeah. actually I hear that throughout the conversation of this is what works for me and this is what works for me and mm. this is how it works for me. Mm. And I just one more thing. Like I've lived such a like my mom my sorry, my dad was white like he was Pakia my mum was Maori and they were divorced so I lived sort of like this low income area and then I would go to my dad's house which was like on the beach and two-story and just completely different communities like Mm. from the way that they would eat to the way they would communicate Mm. and I feel so fortunate that I was able to see so many people from different walks of life and to Mm. interact in those spaces Mm -hmm. that I've really come to understand that my life is, this is all I can speak from. Like I can't speak from like a textbook. Like I can only speak what I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's all I can give, you know, like nothing more, nothing less. And as long as I just show up and share like my unique story, we're all so different that we cannot like box us in the same thing. And yeah, just like really owning our own essence. Because yeah. um, it can't be replicated, you know. Your essence is so yeah. different to mine, but they're so both like magic and pure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I just feel this kind of like softening and opening from 
the middle of my heart to out towards my shoulders hearing you share all of that. Mm. So this may be a hard question for you, but last question is if you, for people listening, if they could only take away one thing from this conversation, what would you want that to be? Sit with yourself, be with yourself and learn to love yourself because no one in this world will ever love you the way that you do. Mm. And I'm not saying it's easy, but just know that it is possible. Mm. Like it's possible, you know, for if it's possible for me, oh my God, it's possible for thousands, millions of women like, I was not what I'm not, I'm not where I should be, you know, like I am, but I'm not, I should not be here on this earth, but here I am sitting in my garage with affirmation cards in front of me. And I live in a home that is safe and and I'm speaking with women who also have a voice like, and that comes from sitting with yourself to be able to put, then put yourself out into the world. Yeah. I think I'd like to end with that. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Sharing your, your, your heart and the experience of your body and your soul and your candidness. Um, I really hope that this, I, I know that your story is really going to impact the people who listen. Thank you. I appreciate you. Truly. It brings me great pleasure to imagine you out there listening to Reawakening Love and Power with Carol Ann. I highly recommend connecting to Vanessa on Instagram at Ness Voigt, and her surname is spelled V-O-I-G-T. She's hilarious and real on there, and she often shares about periods, motherhood, and her Maori culture. I also recommend her Mana Wahine affirmation cards. They are powerful, beautiful to behold, and cut straight to the heart. You can also find her and her partner Gerhard on their Coco Talk podcast. You can order the cards and find links to their podcast on Vanessa's website, vanessavoit.com.au. If you're curious about working with me to come home to your body and your sensual sexual nature, You can book a free one-hour clarity call for us to explore what you want, what's getting in the way, and what it would look like for us to work together. While I'm not a trauma expert, I do have consultation with one, and I work in a trauma-aware and gentle way. I wouldn't be your first port of call after sexual abuse. However, if that is in your history and you're interested in working with me to reconnect with your body and sexuality in a gentle, trauma-aware way, you can book in a clarity call on my website at carolann.com.au. You can also find me on Instagram as at carolannalive. I've been getting into making reels lately and having a lot of fun playing with them. Please subscribe or follow if you're listening on Spotify and share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it. May this episode be a beacon of permission and light calling you back home into a trusting relationship with your sweet, sacred body.